Jonesy, this podcast had it all. Three racing states and we went even went international. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, I think a podcast of this caliber should transcend jurisdictions. Mm. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And um, just how much of a phenomenal occasion it is. and The turnover. The t- <laughs> My God. The turnover is phenomenal, but it also, <laughs> I, I think it shone a little light. On the uh, on the turnover that we have on our greatest race here in Australia, but uh, more on that during the podcast. Yeah, I would have thought so. And if you're going to turn some over this weekend, where would you do something like that? I think you're going to turn some over with Team Orange, and that's the good people at Ned's. Look, the Winter Carnival's heating up. We're on the back end of the Adelaide Carnival. Thank God, some would say. <laughs> um, so open up your Ned's app and gamble responsibly in there. Um, check us out on our profiles. You can follow us in on a few bets if you like. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, everything you could possibly do on the Ned's app is what you want to do. Get weird and exotic for us, drifters. Absolutely. And uh tell you what, some of the drifters are following in what we've posted or what I've posted, um, those three-leg multis and two-leg multis for the yep. Queensland Derby and the Cox Plate. And there was another one there, the Stradbroke as well. So a couple of drifters have um, following our coattails and, you know, it's good to have a long, long-term long play. You've pulled it off before. Yes. No reason why it can't happen again. Absolutely. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. very much a passenger here uh, because my great esteemed partner here, Declan. Uh, <laughs> esteemed? Yes. <laughs> credentialed, one of the greats of all time. There you um, go. He has one of the great connections and a connection for this year's Melbourne Cup. Declan, please take it away and introduce our guest, please. Uh, so, yeah, um, a colleague of mine, <laughs> more like boss, uh, Craig Sneesby on the podcast. Um, welcome, Craig. Welcome. Thanks, boys. Declan, pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, uh, haven't seen you for a long time. Um, <laughs> so invited Craig on the podcast because, uh, believe it or not, Drifters, he is the owner of a Group 1 winning horse uh, as recently as this year, uh, Salino, who won the Sydney Cup, who's been going around this spring, um, always targeting the Melbourne Cup, uh, Chris Waller-trained horse. Um, so we thought it'd be a good uh, idea to get Craig on to talk a bit more about um, horse racing, his his love for horse racing, a bit more about Salino, who's a really juicy price at the moment <laughs> for the Melbourne Cup. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on, Craig. Really appreciate no, pleasure. it. No, happy to be here and, you know, definitely a few days out from the Melbourne Cup, so pretty exciting time of year. Yeah. When do you think the nerves will really start to settle in? Um, look, it's funny, you know, leading into the Sydney Cup, uh, that was probably the first real sort of experience with Salino at the at the sort of grand final day, the main stage. And, um, you know, I must admit, you know, in the, in the build-up to the race, sort of probably the, the couple of hours before, I, I started to feel a little bit of the nerves sort of flowing. And uh, then, you know, I probably thought, you know, once that race hits, you know, and starts, I'd, I was worried if I could stand up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in all honesty, the competitive juices kick in like, a, like when you're back playing sport. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, you go from thinking and overthinking it to just all of a sudden this competitiveness of like, you know what, we've got to take this down. And, um, you know, with the Waller team, we had a plan for that race and uh, the prep and the build up for, for the Sydney Cup. And to, to the credit of that team, I mean, they perfectly executed. And, you know, Salino pulled wide at the 700 and just never looked back. And uh, we knew if we had open air, it's, you know, Salino's a genuine 3,200 metre horse. It's a, it's a great two miler. So um, we always had a tactic of catch us if you can, and uh, fortunately they couldn't, and the rest was history. <laughs> How good. How good. Um, yeah, just absolutely crazy, like, having that experience. Maybe if you could tell our, our listeners, um, you know, what was the sort of process with firstly getting Salino, um, how that all came about, and I guess, yeah, a little bit more about the build-up to the Sydney Cup and then finally what the, what the day was actually like. Yeah, so, I mean – my process was, um, you know, I've probably been at a more serious level in um, horse ownership for probably about 18 months to two years. Um, I, I went out and sort of interviewed and sort of screened, I'll say, a lot of the different training yards um, uh, with the, you know, mindset that if I'm going to invest, then I'm going to do it properly. Yeah. Um, uh, I said to all of them, you know, how you start is how you finish with me. So, Make sure the first one's a really good one um, because if it's not, then the funds don't really keep coming. Um, and, and you know, I've got to be honest, um, and no disrespect to other trainers because there's plenty of good trainers in the country, but but at this level, the Waller team just stood out. Um, and for a few different reasons. I mean, you know, Chris is an amazing individual. He's a true scientist of the sport. Like he, he'll he analyse and he's, his brain for data is just enormous. Um and, and you kind of want that more than the social skills and social element of, you know, be, being in the stands with the owners having a beer while the horses are going around, um, So which I've observed with others. Um, so, you know, he, he's an incredibly good guy and, you know, you, you feel 100% confident in his abilities to train these horses precisely from from diet to spelling to, to actual track work. Um, uh, and then within the camp, there's there's a handful of people um, who've got incredibly good skills that complement Chris. Yep. Um, so, you know, the communication's been amazing from the team. Um, Salino was uh, was coming out from Great Britain. Um, uh, you know, the uh, Qatar Racing was the, the single owner of Salino for a long time. So um, some pretty deep royal pockets um, into Salino. Yeah, jeez. Um, uh, so, you know, not bad business parts. <laughs> kind of, you feel slightly... Uh, yeah, dwarfed. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Boat's nowhere near as big. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, there was just this great opportunity. And, I mean, our, my briefing with uh, Team Waller was not to, to be into stayers. Um, you know, initially it was kind of how do we get into that sort of more than yeah. mile distance. Um, but it was opportunity-led and, you know, true to form. They said, you know, you said the way we start the way we finish. So you know, we believe in this one and we're going to prep this one up for the Sydney Cup. Um, so, you know, we we had Salino, he raced the Mooney Valley Cup uh, in 2020 was his first race and um, sort of sort of fresh off the plane and, you know, really it was a bit of an unknown. Um, uh, he didn't really perform. As we know, Mooney Valley's not really the, the right sort of track for a horse like Salino. No, yeah. Um, yeah. But in all honesty, stuck to the plan, um, put him out in the paddock, got him back and, and geared him right to the Sydney Cup and, you know, a bit like the Melbourne Cup journey, the the pre-races aren't a good indicator for Salino for being a genuine two-miler, um, uh, you know, coming out the tail of the, the gates and back end of the field. Um, all it does is help with the odds and, you know, I'm sure on Melbourne Cup Day in a, in a week or so from now he'll be there somewhere in the finish, um, mm. hopefully 
passing incentivized with 50 <laughs> that'd be ideal <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be unreal and so that obviously the target was always a sydney cup um last prep and you know obviously clearly executed to perfection uh can you maybe talk us through you know what was it like being trackside and you know um what was the sort of process for being an actual owner on the day yeah look it was um it was a pretty cool day. Um, so obviously at uh, Randwick, um, so so we went out to the stables um, sort of just before uh, they go out into the mounting yard and uh, you've got all the trainers sort of walking around the, the different Group 1 horses. Um, had a few things to say to some of the competition for Salino <laughs> as they walked past and got a, got a few stares from some of the trainers. Um, obviously, yeah. obviously talked to my boy and sort of told him what he needed to do. Um <laughs> Uh, went out to the jockey briefing. So Ronnie Stewart uh, was the jockey on Salino. Yep. So, um, you know, huge achievement for, for Ron. Um, but with Waller and uh, with Chris and um, Charlie Duckworth from the team, um, sort of listening into the jockey briefing pre, uh, you then sort of go out to the the owner's area, which is probably at about the 25-metre yep. mark from the finish. Um, uh, and, mate, it's just on. You've got this general buzz of excitement because there's – you know, the owners and their connections, there's probably a hundred people in this area. The media are flying around everywhere um, trying to work out who's connected to which horse and they can sort of tell when it hits about the 300 and, and who's cheering <laughs> more. Um, and, uh, you know, like it, it was just such a surreal moment. So at the 400, Salino was probably just starting to pull a little bit clear over of, of Rondonella uh, from memory. Um, he got about a length in front and – a couple of the Waller crew were on my shoulders just cheering, saying, we got it, like like basically bank it. Um, yeah. Now I'm nowhere near as confident <laughs> 400 metres out, but, I mean, these guys know exactly what they're doing, right? So, yeah. um, uh, and true they were. Like, I mean, he just held strong and just kept going hard to the line and, and picked it up by almost two lengths. And, uh, like, I just remember that moment of when he crossed the line. Like, it was like, you know, I was as proud as childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of one of those moments in life where you're like, oh, my God. Holy um, shit. Yeah. Uh, so so it was super exciting. And, you know, at that moment, you know, barring any injury or, you know, just poor form, um, that the Melbourne Cup's on. And, yeah. and you know, you, you're kind of – you're heading to the big day. Um, so, you know, I feel good. Like I'm, I'm sort of one of those people I'm sort of – I'm as grateful to now be in the race of the Melbourne Cup um, – you know, obviously you want the result to go your way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just pumped for, you know, I just hope I hope my boy can do do everyone proud. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think he will. But uh yeah, I'm sure there's twenty three other owners saying that too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, the form, his form, his European form actually stacks up pretty decent as well. Cause second favorite in the market, Spanish mission. His last two runs in Europe, he finished second to him. Mm. So the current odds of yeah. Disrespectful odds, I might say. <laughs> uh, at the moment, uh, looking at 30s and 50s, say even 80s somewhere, uh, it looks the wrong price to me. Um, uh, I'm staggered, to be honest. Um, so Spanish Mission is a incredibly good horse. Like there's no questioning it. It's sort of, you know, I'd almost say Salino's arch nemesis. Um, mm. But Salino's a much better horse a year later in Australia and Spanish Mission's obviously, you know, untrialed on, uh, on Australian shores. So... Uh, look, I think um, I think the odds a bit like the Sydney Cup, and once once the everyday punters, once the markets are are open um, and locked in, the fields locked in, uh, you know the money's going to go for the the brands you see in the paper every day. So you know who knows what happens to the odds, but 
he's as good a horse today. Well, actually, he's, he's probably five lengths better than what he was in the Sydney Cup. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he will clean air, Flemington track, you know, 700-odd metres straight around the bend, um, plenty of room, plenty of width. Um, mm-hmm. If he gets a look, he'll keep going. Uh, the ownership, that's what I was going to say, uh, the ownership. I, was, I noticed that he was in the OTI colours and that he's gone – He's mm. chipped and changed between the Qatar colours as well, so I'm assuming they've retained ownership in him. Yeah, so so definitely in the ownership circle, you've got OTI, um, uh, but also Qatar Racing is is Bloodstock is well and truly in there. So uh, so you know the OTI colours for Sydney Cup, um, uh, and in an agreement between those guys um, to sort of rotate between different preps. Um, uh, in the in the colours, so Melbourne Cup was always going to be Qatar. Um, Fortunately for me, it's Queensland colours. So <laughs> maroon and gold it fits fits well for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, for a certain moment, you kind of feel like you got to wear what you wore on the Sydney Cup day just mm. for an omen, but uh, kind of doesn't work anymore. Uh, so <laughs> my, my yellow and blue tie doesn't work. Um, but um, you know, I wish the best to the OTI guys. I think you know they may have another starter in the cup. Um, but um, yeah, no, Salino will be well and truly in the maroon and gold. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, excellent. Um, so I guess talking a bit more about, you know, ownership and obviously Salino's already done so much for you, um, got an exciting crop of uh, two-year-olds coming through with Chris Waller. Um, and there was a couple in particular I think you were you were really excited about, if you wouldn't mind, giving us a little bit of the rundown. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, so look, you know, interestingly, um, uh, separate to the, to the two-year-olds, we've got um, – uh, a really nice, you know, I'll call it a stayer again um, in Shiraz. Yeah. Um, so a French uh, horse that's come out um, uh, that, to be honest, apart from um, uh, unfortunately in the Bart Cummings um, after the race pulling up quite quite ill. Um, so the scoping kind of showed that um, basically he had a bit of a cold. Um, so so we've put him out to the paddock. But with the withdrawals from the cup, he would have he would have ended up racing uh, in the Melbourne Cup this year. And and to be honest, he's a very promising horse. And and I think for next year, particularly, you know, we'll probably gear him now towards that Sydney Cup again, uh, go through a similar pathway to Salino, um, Caulfield Cup, uh, and ultimately Melbourne Cup again next year. I mean, I'm very excited for uh, for Shiraz. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he'll he'll wear my official race colours. Um, the the uh, winner manly. The winner manly. Yeah. The mighty winner manly seagulls for anyone, <laughs> anyone from down on the bay side. Uh, just know the winner boys representing. Red and green um, definitely don't clash. <laughs> uh, red, red, white and green, please. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Shiraz is a, a truly exciting horse for the new year. Um, and, and then, look, you know, with the um, – I'll call them my little graduates. Um, they're looking good. Um, so I've got a couple um, out of Zoostar that um, – uh, and anyone knows, I mean, Chris Waller is a, a massive, massive fan of Zoostar. Um, and there's a couple there that, that just sort of have that sort of look in their eye of, of Zoostar himself. So, yeah, um, yeah look, there's um, a couple I'm Invincible, um, uh, a Redoute's Choice. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember them all. Um, there's, there's a few of them. So, yeah, um, yeah there's a really good crop coming through. Um, yeah, okay. that, that hopefully, you know, the majority will start to hit the track. Um by all accounts, I think we'll have them trialling sort of back end of November. So yeah, cool. So aiming like a Magic Millions and also Autumn Carnival yep. as well. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Imagine having a Golden Slipper runner oh. or two or yeah, maybe three right. or four. Build out the trophy cabinet. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm excited for those. And it's it, it'll be nice to have sort of the variety in distances as well. So yeah, of I course. Think we'll, yeah. we'll have a couple of sprinters. We'll have a couple of sort of mid-distance and we'll have – 
obviously a couple of stayers. So. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, yeah. Weird. So what I'm hearing from that is Golden Slipper, uh, All Star Mile, Golden Eagle, the Everest yeah. with, with a the Everest with a lightly weighted three year old. <laughs> Imagine smokes. that. Oh. That'd be unreal. So there's there's an old adage in horse racing ownership, and Declan and I we've got about the tail of one two year old <laughs> coming through. But from the trial vision that we're seeing, we, we think she's sensational. <laughs> but there's, there is an old adage that nothing improves horses more than ownership. Um, so I'd imagine there, that when you get the reports back, there'd be a bit of um, managing expectations. So is Chris Waller really good at that? Because our trainer, um, James Healy, he's quite good at that. He said, boys, I'm not going to piss in your pocket here. I'll tell you if she's no good. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I think, I mean, the one, not the one thing, I mean, his training's pretty good. Um, but I was going to say the one bit of credit I'll give Team Waller is their communication is unbelievably good. Um, so, um, you know, pretty much weekly I'll get a report uh, on each of each of the horses. Um, could just be a basic report or if there is an issue if if the horse isn't training well or developing well um you know if the yearling's taking a little bit longer than what it needs to then they'll call it um you know i got one today they're just going to put it out in the paddock now for five weeks they just think it's not ready um from a maturity perspective so um you know i really respect the fact with waller racing they welfare of the horse goes absolutely first um and you know they don't want to they see a lot of other stables pushing horses into races too early and, and ultimately the bone development's not there and, and they sort of break the horses. Um, uh, Team Waller is the opposite to that. Um, and, and look, if, if the horse is a donkey, they'll, they'll call it. Um, they'll let you know. Um, fortunately at the moment, there's no, there's <laughs> there's no donkeys. donkeys. Um, well, you'd hope not out of bloody zoo star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dow's choice. Yeah. yeah there's, there's yeah. some, there's some beautiful yearlings coming through and, and yeah. I've got no doubt Many of these are going to feature next year. Uh, next season, they're going to they're going to come good. Um, the winter manly colours are going to be oh, flying all over everywhere. all over the Just country. Be seagulls circling the track. <laughs> it'll be it'll be on. You'll have to get some uh, seagull hats like they had the shark hats for Tiako Shark. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. now you get yeah. <laughs> little, little wings coming off yeah. the side. Love that. How good. Uh, so, where did the the passion and I guess the interest sort of stem from? Because I think you were telling me that maybe your dad or someone in the family used to train um, greyhounds. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so you know, I grew up with this wall in our house of all the greyhound winners that my, my father had ownership in, <laughs> which I think back in the 70s and 80s, greyhounds were kind of like the affordable uh, – well, they actually still are very affordable yeah. – um, sort of place to go for racing. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Like I've just – I like grew up on the Bayside, you know, lots of my mates, we'd go to – Doombin or Eagle Farm on the weekend, um, probably only in about grade 10 or 11, so I <laughs> <laughs> still managed to get in. Um, uh, you know, big day out. Um, I've just always had a passion for the sport um, and, and, like, I was always competitive as a, you know, as a kid in sport and so for me, you know, Chris Waller said to me, why racing? You know, why, why are you interested? And I said, because I'm too old now to compete in sport. I need to, I need <laughs> to invest something. in something that can win and win at a good level. Um, uh, but, but I love the competitiveness, competitiveness of the sport. Um, you know, I, I just think these, these creatures are magnificent athletes. Yeah. Um, and you look at the power and, and not just the horse, but you look at the jockeys as well, which mm. you get to know a fair few of those. And, um, I mean, the, the discipline and the training and yeah. the athleticism these people put into their bodies and, 
you know, to show up week in, week out is is phenomenal. So um, I think it's just such a great social sport um, but also gets the juices flowing, right? Like, you know, there's, there's massive opportunity to, to just get amongst it. 100%. And i tell you what, um, anyone who I've ever met, and I think anyone can attest to this, who owns a horse or loves horse racing, they're never a boring person to speak to. No. You know what I mean? No, they're always up for it. Yeah. But they always think the horse is going to win yeah. every week as <laughs> yeah. well. So so if I tell you to back Salino for the cup, maybe just know I'm a little bit biased. I definitely haven't been talking about it positively on the podcast for, <laughs> for about three or four months. Uh, yeah. So, Well, I mean, the, the interesting thing for the cup this year is there's there's actually not that many stayers um, yeah. in the cup that have done the distance. Um, long tail. Oh, it is. It's, mm. um, you know, there's, as, as the team would say, you know, there's a, the difference between that last 400 metres between a 28 and 3200 is, is, could be kilometres um, yeah. because horses that are conditioned for 24, 2800, they're no certainty of, you know, mm. punching out 3200. It's a, it's a long way to go. Well, there's right. one that's uh, $2.30 or something in the market who's never run out that distance before and he's going to ca- be carrying a stack of weights. So mm. he's a special horse, but is he that special? Ah, Jury's I mean, out. You know, look, it's – and if incentivized goes on to win it, you go, well, he is. You yeah. Know, full credit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you yeah. deserve all the accolades. Yeah. But um, uh, at the moment, the market's not even factoring in a barrier draw. Um, yeah. You know, you could draw barrier 24, be put in the car park, and they're saying that's good enough for 2 bucks 30 Like, that seems – just seems madness to me. Yeah. Um, you want him to draw barrier 18. Barrier yes. 18's <laughs> never had a winner. 100%. So, <laughs> Not that I wish bad on, <laughs> on the competition, but... Geez, uh, touch wood that doesn't happen to Selena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, look, I mean, incentivize, I mean, keep showing up, right? Like he's yeah. definitely, you know, the horse to beat and, you know, you look at the form guide, but, and, and you know, I can I can understand why every punter looks at Selena's results mm. and goes, well, he's doing nothing, but the difference is when you're running, you know, 1,600 to 2,400, that's never going to be his his sport. Like that's these are fitness runs to build him up to to really compete and be ready on the day to be rock hard. Um, you know, incentivizes you know dominating in these shorter distances. Um, you know, he's almost been taken down. Um, and you know, adding eight hundred meters on the on the Caulfield Cup's a long way. So, um, and his we'll best see. run of the prep was in the Bart Cummings, and that was his longest run of the prep. So, and. As we saw in the Sydney Cup, he's only going to get better when he gets longer. So yep. yeah, that 100%. filled me with heaps of confidence that yeah. Bart Cummings run because he just he only started to get going, and obviously, you know, same in the Caulfield Cup as well. Yeah. He's getting nice and hot mm. in the last hundred. Yeah, so, yep. and he's yeah, he just strong. started to pass them. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I think in uh, I think in the Bart Cummings, he was third fastest last four hundred mm. in the field. So. Um, and and the thing about Salino, he's just got a big engine. He just keeps going. He hasn't got the turn of foot that some of the others will have. Like they might try and just hold, hold, wait till the 300 and then try and really sort of whack it home. Um, Salino will grind, as we saw in the Sydney Cup, from seven, 800 metres out with no cover, five wide. Um, yeah, just, and he'd just keep going. Yeah. Um, like he's just got just loves ability. it. He could go 5,000 metres if he wanted. Yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> and, you know, Flemington again, like the track suits. Um, mm. He's back to his European circuit. He's going um, anti-clockwise uh, and he's just got a big, wide, open straight. Um, so the probability of getting wide and just getting out there, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's much better. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you can disclose this, but if not, you can just tell us to jog on. But uh, do you have a jockey booked for the Cup? Ah, uh, we do. Um, oh, look, I don't know if I can <laughs> say it. No, no you, yeah. don't, you don't have to say it. No. That's fine. No, that's all, all will come out in the next couple of days. Beautiful. Mm. Excellent. Um, 
Favourite horse? What's your favourite horse, not including obviously your own? Um, oh, look, um, if I had to pick one, I mean, it'd be a cop-out to say Winx, but I mean, obviously Winx is pretty mm. pretty amazing and, and comes from the stable. Um, I'd probably say Maccabi Diva. Yeah, um, fair. You know, anyone who can do what Maccabi did and, you know, go from 1,600 to 32, I don't want to make that an omen for incentive. <laughs> um, uh, but then back up the cup three years running with the weights that it ran at. Mm. Um, I mean, that's a phenomenal horse. Um, Cox Plate winner as well. Yep. So mm. you'd, you'd love the the silverware and the goldware uh, yeah. that Maccabi's got. So so I'd probably go there. Um, I mean, I also really loved Rothfire. Um, yeah. And, you know, Rothfire is sort of coming back on the scene now. And, and you know, I love the story to Rothfire and sort of a bit of a battler's ownership circle who, you know, I've just sort of watched this thing go from sort of backyard Queensland to, to the biggest stage and, um, you know, a bit of a setback with injury and hopefully, you know, I'd love to see Rothfire taking out future Everest and, and mm. kicking on. I think it's an amazing horse and story. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, and if you were to um, go back in time and have a conversation with a younger Craig Sneesby. <laughs> You're saying I'm not young? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a younger one. <laughs> what uh, – race or horse in particular, would you tell him to not back it? <laughs> Don't waste your money on that. It's a waste of time. Well, God, Salino in the Caulfield Cup. Um, um, <laughs> you should have asked what would I put more on. It would have been Salino in the Sydney Cup. Yeah, true. Um, uh, look, no, I mean, no discredit to other horses. I mean, you know, everyone everyone's out there to win. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's the beauty of racing. Some days it just doesn't make sense and, you know, yeah, so things fair. that shouldn't win get up and everything goes right on the day and – um, you know, Prince of Penzance was probably the one I, I think of, you know, I, I was at Melbourne cup that year and, um, uh, it was a crowd killer. <laughs> like, absolutely. Every quaddy, every, yeah. like, just everything in the, in the, in the crowd though, I think there were about 80 or 90,000 there that day. And it just killed the bloody mood. Like yeah. everyone was having such a good time. 101 <laughs> shot comes in and then just. Everyone's ripped up tickets and walked home. <laughs> like it was just—it was quite a, quite an interesting feeling. Yeah, that would be an interesting feeling for sure. Oh yeah, I remember that day. That was bizarre. Yeah, it was. But again, full full credit to him. Oh, absolutely. The story of Michelle Payne made it. Oh, it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah when, when you started to learn everything that's coming out of yeah. that story, it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, paves the way for racing. Absolutely. Have you given any thought to Derby Day as of yet? And is there anything? Or maybe in the Golden Eagle that you're sort of thinking about having a pun on or you sort of wait until the form's finalised? Oh, to be honest, I, I haven't studied the field too much yet. Yeah. Probably been distracted with um, managing you at work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so fair. <laughs> um, no, no, to be honest, I think I, I sort of look at the um, the news updates every day for the Melbourne Cup. And <laughs> I've probably not even spotted the Derby Day yeah, uh, so field fair. yet. So uh, Excellent. Um, good to see though the um, the scanning machine for the Melbourne Cups broken. Um, oh my so God, trying to bring parts in from the US. So um, as a, as an owner, has he has he been scanned yet? Is he? I actually haven't asked the question. Yeah. Um, uh, I think we're all good. Yeah, I think yeah. He's, he's gone through his scans, but um, uh, but yeah, I think they've still got about fifteen in the in the list to to go through. So yeah, I mean it's it's sort of a bit frustrating. I mean everyone's got to be put through the same sort of ringer. So. Do you know um, what the process is of what the actual scan does? Uh, it's they basically have um, a range of um, sort of veterinary specialists um, who are, are more bone specialists looking at certain joints um, to make sure. So I think they have three on the panel that um, look at the 
certain might be the knee joint, hip joint, um, and really analyzing just that everything's in order. Um, uh, so the scan is really just to make sure, you know, if there's any obvious or even less obvious issues uh, with the horse that they're not put under the intense pressure. And, mm. you know, I mean, with all the, the rule changes from the VRC this year for the Melbourne Cup, I mean, I applaud them and I think, you know, it's a brave call and, you know, there's been you know a lot of cynics in terms of, um, you know, it's obviously put pressure on European horses. Um, look, I mean, that's that might be a fair enough call, um, but you still get to make a choice if you want to come out here for the race. Um but the safety and welfare of the animals comes first. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, um, you know, this, this, you know, if, if I had my way, they'd chop the field from 24 back to about 18. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think some of the danger of the cup comes into, um, there's just so much traffic on the track mm-hmm. for the first, particularly the first 600 metres and sort of that jostling for position. And, mm-hmm. and I think there is an extra amount of pressure put on the jockeys and the horses to, to sort of contend um, in such a big field. So, um Look, you know, Sydney Cup, 3,200 seems to be a flawless race. You know, there's 14 to 16 in the race. Everything's well prepared. Never really too much of an issue in it. Um, I think what the VRC's done is admirable and, um, you know, I'm just glad I've got a European or two uh, <laughs> already here in Australia. Well, that's the thing, exactly. You know, I think you're going to see a lot more, um, you know, successful stayers who perform at a group level in Europe be purchased by not necessarily Australian ownership, but have some sort of, you know, level of Australian ownership so they're racing here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, there's more prize money in Australia. Exactly, um, yeah. So, so you know, I, I think the conditions of Australia make it tough for stayers and there's mm. not as many races. Um, you know, for someone like Selena, you can see he's probably got two or three decent races a year that he can actually contest. Everything else in the prep is sort of a, a warm-up to the, the main stage. So, and I hope he doesn't muck that. that <laughs> um, so I think for the European horses, it's tricky because not many of them can go from 3,200 yeah. back to a sort of mile and a half. Um, uh, whereas the Aussie sort of low and New Zealand horses are kind of bred more for that sort of mile to a mile and a half. And then yeah. they try and stretch them up. Um, so, um, you know, looking at the Melbourne cup field, I, I think it's a wide open race. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, I genuinely believe there's, there's plenty of value in some of these odds. Um, mm. Uh, and, you know, with only four or five horses that have ever contested over 3,201, um, you know, that shows it's open. Um, so, you know, there's one in particular that's won over <laughs> this year. Um, so, Recent form suggests. Um, so let's hope. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I don't think I've anything else to add. No, neither do I, to be honest. That was good, though. Thanks, yeah. Craig. Appreciate your time. Been a pleasure. Thanks, Craig. And um, i tell you what, drifters – have a look at some of those odds for Tuesday, biggest race of the year, and just whack it. <laughs> <laughs> just go for it because I'm that confident. Yeah. But, um, no, nah, thanks so much for, for coming on, Craig. No, nah, pleasure, boys. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks.